0: Hello, and welcome to episode 87 of Your New Puppies podcast. I'm Debbie, and today I'm going to answer the question, is your dog trying to dominate you? The short answer is no, they are not. But that can be a little confusing because the idea that your dog's trying to dominate you is very ingrained into like the dog training world. So originally, this idea that your dog is trying to dominate you comes from the idea that... In the wild, there's, in a wolf pack, there's an alpha dog, and they fight for that position. The dogs naturally want to be there, so they try to dominate the other dogs, and they win that position through physical feats, through being confident, etc. Now, this idea that there's an alpha dog has been debunked. It is not true. So what I'm going to go into today is where this theory originally came from, how it was debunked. And why I believe it still persists despite all of that. So I am going to reference a bunch of sources. And as always, I'll put all the links in the show notes. It's a bunch of websites to, um, different resources, different societies. You'll, you'll, I'll talk about exactly what they are as we go through. So this whole alpha dog theory was a study that was done back in the sixties by the International Wolf Center. Now, that same organization, which is wolf.org, um, I, again, that's one of the resources I'll link to, they don't even use the word alpha anymore because it's very misleading. Now, this study back in the 60s, we have since learned that it was flawed. It was done on captive wolves, which act very differently than wolves in the wild. Once they studied wolves in the wild in their natural habitat, they learned that a wolf pack is just a family. It's two wolves, had some pups, and that's their pack. Sounds familiar, right? So the natural leaders of the pack are the parents. In fact, the Wolf Center, now when they study the wolves, they use terms like the breeding male, the breeding female, the adult male, the adult female, those kind of terms because that is how the, the pack is formed. Now, I've heard the theory where, you know, the alpha dog is the only one who's allowed to breed, and really it's the opposite. It's the dogs who decided to breed just become the natural leaders of the pack because they're the adults, they're the parents. Now, what ended up happening is one of the scientists, part of the study, David Meech, wrote the book that made the alpha dog theory super popular. And he based it off this 1960 study that we now know is flawed. Now, the author of this book has tried to get his own book off the shelves because of the outdated information in it. I'm going to read you something that's right off of his own website. So this is David Misch, who wrote The Wolf, Ecology and Behavior of an Endangered Species. He says, although most of the book's info is still accurate, much is outdated. We have learned more about wolves in the past 40 years than in all previous history. One of the outdated pieces of information is the concept of the alpha wolf. Alpha implies competing with others and becoming top dog by winning a contest or battle. However, most wolves who lead packs achieve their position by simply mating and producing pups, which then became the pack. Okay. I encourage you to go over to that website because there's even a video of the author explaining himself, pretty much reiterating what I just read, you know, where he explains why the study was flawed and, you know, why the book, his book is now outdated. Now, despite all of this, despite the organization that did the study saying, nope, nope, we were wrong, this was flawed, and the author of the book that made the term alpha popular is like, no, 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 this is outdated, we have updated information, why does this alpha dog idea still persist? I mean, it's even ingrained into our culture. Like, I challenge you to find a TV show or movie or book that has werewolves in it That doesn't somehow talk about the alpha dog or, you know, there's at some point a battle for this top position. I mean, in that way, the idea of the alpha dog is just more entertaining. But of course, here I want to dig into why it still persists in the dog training world. If you know anything about the industry or, you know, the difference between positive trainers and aversive trainers... You know that this is a very charged topic, but as divided as we are, we're also closer than we think because a lot of it is just mindset and semantics. So these are my theories why despite the alpha dog and dominance theory being debunked, that it's still used and it's still very commonly referred to in raising our dogs. So at the end of the day, our dogs do what works for them. Just like any organic being out there. They're going to do what works for them. I talk all about this in episode 38. It's pretty much the only thing you know, you need to know about dog behavior to train your dog. So most of the time, the behavior that you might see is your dog trying to dominate you. It's more them looking for some sort of resource, whether it's food, it's your attention, it's or looking for some kind of entertainment. You know, when your dog is jumping on you or trying to climb into your lap, they're probably just looking for your attention. When your dog is jumping up on the counters, they're probably just looking for food. This also comes up a lot during leash walking. You know, when your dog's walking in front of you or behind you or pulling on you or jumping and nipping at you. That's just because dogs aren't used to walking on a leash. It's just a skill that's very, very hard for them because it's not something that comes natural. So sometimes they get frustrated with it. You know, they simply want to walk faster than us, you know, things like that. They're not trying to dominate us by leading us down the sidewalk, and that's why they're pulling on a leash. So usually what is called a dominant dog is just a confident, pushy dog. You know, it's a dog that's not going to think twice about, you know, pushing through the front door or jumping over a gate or grabbing what they want. You know, the dogs that we call submissive dogs are probably more laid back, maybe insecure, or eager to please. You know, they want to make you happy, so they're not going to push through the front door because they know you don't like that. So being safe or pleasing you is more important to them than getting that resource or grabbing the food off the counter. The other place that I think gets confusing is I myself tell you how you need to be a leader for your dog. I have an entire episode about it, which is episode 40. I will also link to all the prior episodes that I talk about um, in the show notes. And that leadership is very closely linked to this dominance theory training, but It's more that your dog just needs rules and boundaries because otherwise they're going to act like a dog. You know, we're pulling them into a world that isn't natural to them. So we need to be their teacher and parent and teach them rules and boundaries for living in our home and being part of our lives. But And we need to do it in a consistent and patient way. Not because they need to fall in line. It's just because they need to be taught what's right and what's not right. And if we let them kind of act the way that naturally comes without setting these rules, without setting these boundaries, they're going to act like a dog, which is jumping all over us, chewing on our stuff, stealing food off the counter, jumping all over our guests, running down the street instead of staying nicely, you know, next to us on a leash. It would be like sending your kids off to elementary school But there's no teachers or principal. It would be mayhem. It would be recess all day and math would be outlawed. So a lot of times when we think about or talk about this dominance theory training, we think about very specific rules we're supposed to have. Like your dog doesn't walk in front of you on the walk. They're not allowed on the couch or in your bed. You have to eat before them and then they get fed. You have to walk through doors before them. And these are all just examples of rules and boundaries. You can have these, but it doesn't have to be these rules. And that's why they work because our dog does need that, but it doesn't have to be those specific rules. It's whatever works for your household and whatever works for your dog's behavior. Now my girl, Lucy, who I miss every day, she would have to sleep in her crate every night. Now, this wasn't a rule that I wanted or that was convenient for me. It was just something that I noticed with her behavior. If she didn't sleep in her crate, she would always try to get on the bed with me. And I noticed if she slept on the bed with me, or if I took her for walks with just me and her, not with Mariah, her sister, or if I let her sleep on the couch with me too much, she would start to bully Mariah a little bit. It would empower her. So she had to sleep in her crate at night, and Mariah got the run of the house. It just happened to be that that rule was something I needed because of the dynamic of my specific dogs. But my point is, and I've said this before, it doesn't matter what your rules are as long as you have them. These Those type of rules are just examples of stuff you can have. And if you're having certain behavioral problems with your dogs, maybe these are just a few to try because... Maybe your dog just needs more boundaries. Not because they're trying to dominate you or be the alpha. It's some dogs just need more structure. And they function and behave better in our world when things are very clearly defined for them. And a lot of times they're for us because we're big-hearted people that want our dogs to be happy. But sometimes that can backfire when we let our dogs have too much freedom, or give them too many things that they want, and they start to take advantage of it because they learn, these behaviors get me what I want. Like, maybe we turn around and play with them when they start barking at us. Oh, my dog wants to play now. Well, we just encourage that barking behavior. So one could argue that I'm just talking semantics because we're seeing one thing, but we're defining it in two different ways. But the reason why I think it's really important to distinguish and to understand that this dominance and alpha theory has been debunked, it's not how our dogs see the world, is that even though some of the training methods connected to that theory seem to work, they work for the wrong reasons. So this is where I'm going to throw in a little bit of a mindset shift for you. Because when we define our dog's behavior as my dog's being dominant, I need to be their alpha, that encourages us to be a little bit more authoritative and focus on just stopping those bad behaviors because it's them disrespecting us or not knowing their place. And it also leads us to use more fear-based and intimidation-based training tactics, which causes stress and anxiety in our dogs and leads to other problems or even exacerbating the problems that we're trying to fix. Where if we instead think, okay, my dog is being a dog, how do I teach them the behaviors that I want and are appropriate for living in this human world I brought them into? That encourages us to focus on the behaviors we do want and on teaching them those behaviors. We have to do it with patience and consistency, which can be harder, but that also builds that relationship of respect and trust with our dog. So we can think of it as the difference between our dogs walking around the house hoping that they're not going to do something bad because they might get punished for it or something negative might happen. Where we want our dogs walking around our house looking for the good behaviors that get them rewards. The trick is, we gotta teach them those good behaviors, because sometimes we accidentally teach them the bad ones, you know, giving them attention when they jump on us. But at the end of the day, it's what we are teaching them, and that is our responsibility. So if you've been following me for a while, You know that I take any opportunity to teach you how your dog sees the world so you can better understand them, which will always lead to a stronger relationship with your dog. Is your dog trying to dominate you? No. And now, hopefully, you have a better understanding of why that answer is no, despite the fact that dominance and alpha theory continually come up and we just can't seem to shake it, despite the fact that we now know differently. And that is all I have for you today. If you are enjoying this podcast, you can rate and review it wherever you listen. That helps other puppy owners find the podcast. If you would like to continue training with me, either online or locally in New Jersey, you can check out my website at playtimepaws.com and just click on work with me. Otherwise, I will see you here next time. Thank you so much for listening. Bye for now.